Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Hey, everybody. So 2022 and we're in January and the theme of the entire year is reemergence. But I realized that January needs to be reemergence as well, that theme, because emerging means to, well, let me just read it to you, to come forth into view or notice as from concealment or obscurity. It also means to rise or to come into existence. And I think for many of us, myself included, we're coming out, right? We're coming back into existence. We are re-emerging. We are coming into the world again. And it's a whole new Megillah. And we all get to explore together how we want to be in this brand new world. How do we want to move from obscurity or concealment or hiding and be more of that light that we are? Last year was about light leaders. How do we want to be the light? How do we want want to lead our lives with light, with love, with joy? Because 2022 is all about connections and love. So I'm asking you right now, how do you choose to reemerge into your life? And while you contemplate that, here's our show for today. So I'm going to be straight up with everybody. Um, This next guest, I was drawn to her name and then the work that she does. Um, But her name uh, was a character I played in a play in school. So I want to welcome Wendy Darling. Wendy, (laughs) thanks for joining me. Of course. You probably get that a lot, right? The Peter Pan. Once or twice. (laughs) So um, it's a good, it's a good association. There is. Yeah. And, you know, or a lot of people just call me darling as a term of endearment. And so It's good. There could be a lot of other names I could be called that maybe not so nice. So I'm good with all of that. It is cute. There are times maybe I'm using my credit card, um, not as much recently, but um, somebody will say, they'll see my credit card and the name on my credit card. And they're like, do you know that that was the name of the girl in Peter Pan? And I'm like, really? <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? That, that was, uh, in my growing up, that was kind of my, um, one of my uh, cornerstones, you know, and I resisted growing up. I didn't want to grow up. And, um, and then of course you grow up and, and then everything gets better and then gets worse. And then you're on that roller coaster ride yeah. of life. So, Wendy has a book, everybody. I want you to know about it. It's called Create Your Miraculous Life. It's never too late. 
And the other thing that attracted me to have this conversation with Wendy is it sounds like your backstory is kind of similar to my backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the tagline of your book, create your miraculous life. It's never too late is, is kind of was my, you know, my backstory of having a, a contentious divorce in my mid fifties going, who wants me? Nobody wants me. Right. Think I'll eat some worms kind of thing. And then realizing I had a second half. So it's never too late. So would you share with everybody a bit of your backstory and then what, what pulled you into this kind of work that you do teaching others how to create their miraculous life? Sure. Well, I never thought I would be doing anything remotely close to what I'm doing today, but I am. Um, It it even goes back further um, where I was traveling. This was in 1990 and I was traveling. I was a management and organizational development consultant. So I went into organizations and worked with their executive and executives and teams to work with them in a way that they were more productive and profitable and did that for a number of years. And I was um, traveling a lot with under contract with the Fortune 100 company. And I was not taking very good care of myself. And I was extremely sick, but I was also silly enough to think I was indestructible and thought, well, of course I'm gonna get on that plane. So I was flying from Texas to LA, or I was supposed to be flying. And I went outside the Dallas airport to get some fresh air because I had been sick to my stomach. And unfortunately I passed out. I fell over a ledge and I fell approximately 25 feet. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It was was an oh my gosh. And um, the good news and bad news is I landed on my right leg. My right leg was shattered. Um, They didn't know at first if they could save my leg, which they did. And it took multiple, multiple surgeries over a very long period of time. And it was about the 10, 11 month mark when I actually found out I was going to be able to walk again. And so that was really wonderful. I also had some back fractures from the fall. I was much later on diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury that- From the fall. Okay. And, and, um, but that was not um, discovered until much further down the path, because remember, this was 1990. And brain injuries were not as in, in front of anything like that is today. Mm -hmm. And I had so much physical trauma, that, you know, it, it was really hard to detect. And around week four, my former husband came suitcases packed, saying he no longer wished to be married any longer. And even though I take full responsibility for my portion that contributed to that decision, we might agree that um, the timing was not exactly optimal. Not that it ever I would be pretty uh, pissed off and still holding a little bitterness about that myself. Sure. And, and if that was not enough, when we did eventually go to court, he was awarded full custody of our son, who was only four and a half at that time. Oh, I'm so and that's sorry. really when I broke into lots of pieces. Um, it just, it was, it's what took me down. 
And prior to that, I was fearless. And suddenly everything, I mean, I was living in whiteboard territory. There was nothing about my life that was familiar any longer. My physical body, my ability to work, my, my life as a mom, as a wife, it, it was all just gone. So my, my mom actually suggested I might wanna learn how to meditate. And at that point in time, quieting my mind was a complete oxymoron right. yet you know desperate times what the heck so I found I was living in Dallas at that time and I found somebody who was teaching uh, people how to meditate we met it was just a small group of us meeting at his home and after a couple of times I remember going to Michael that was his name and I said you know every time I feel like my mind is going to start to relax. I get this urge to sing. And he said, well, sing. And I, I started laughing. I said, you don't understand. I actually have people in my life that request I not do that. And he just kind of gave me a look and he said, just do it, just see what happens. So I went back to my little place in the corner of whatever place I was in his house. And I got into that space and I allowed what was this melodic type of singing to come out of me. And for the first time in a very long time, not only did my mind begin to relax, but so did my body. And so I was oh. living, and so I was living uh, in Dallas, as I mentioned. And what they say is true, things are a little bit bigger. And I had this beautiful walk-in closet and I would do this meditation and singing in the closet. And I was truly in the closet with all of this. This was not a world that was familiar to me at that point in time. Now I'm back at the same person's house. We had our little whatever. I'm walking down the hallway. I'm passing one of the other people in our little group. And out of my mouth comes, you have a block around your heart. And, and I'm thinking to myself, where did that come from? And, and so a gift that also came about in that moment. So I'm, I'm continuing to walk down the hall. His, the instructor's son, who was a teen at that time, but very gifted, he was somewhere behind me. And I hear him say to the same person, hey, you got a block around your heart. And I'm thinking, what is happening to me? So trying to cliff note this a little, taking it to um, where I am more today, obviously, I don't know for certain if it was the fall, if it was the brain injury, whatever it was, and all the trauma that came with it. Um, but I opened up. I've always been a somewhat intuitive person, but it got very dialed up. I began to see energy. I began to be able to work with it in a way to, to release um, the step points, if you were, if you want to refer to them that way within a system. And, um, and it's now been developed into a complete system that I've called the miraculous living method. And so not only do we do release work, but there's also a brain training component that helps to strengthen the mind uh, so that it's in alignment with how you want to be living your life, your heart's desires. 
So your mind and your heart are working for you, not necessarily as mischief makers and, and interfering. So I have now been blessed where I've worked with, with entrepreneurs because I do still have that business experience and background. I'm able to find um, where people's financial set pointed and raise it and open them up to receive. Every single person I've ever worked with has been restricted in some way to some degree about their ability to receive. I work with singles to help them attract love. I've, I work with couples to relate to replenish their relationships. I work with children with learning disabilities or other issues. I've worked with women who have been abused. And I'm so grateful that in such a short time, they and others are freed from all of that. And we're really able to shift their trajectory so we can close that gap from where they are to where they want to be. Okay. Uh, this is, that's really powerful, Wendy. Very powerful. Um, and so I want to, I want to, can we tease out a bit of this brain alignment? Because um, a lot of people, uh, and myself included, um, believe that some when you're stuck, it's usually a belief system that got downloaded when you were a kid, or maybe it's generational or past life download or whatever. Um, so this aligning the brain, do you work do you work with belief systems that are stuck in, in the thinking process or is it something completely energetic shifting? It's Does that make both. sense? Yes, it's both. So one of the things that eventually shifted in my early career, both um, when I was um, in my training in counseling psychology, which I have two graduate degrees in, you know, we were taught, let's find what's wrong and work with that. And for many years, I worked with people, let's find what's wrong and let's fix it. But what I now know about how the mind works is it's trained the mind to always be on the lookout for what's wrong and let's fix it. So there was a point in time now many years ago that I went, what if we're looking at this in the wrong direction? What if we need to look into the life that you want to be living? coming from a place of your deepest desires. And so I did mention that I can see energy, I can move it. It does happen when I sing, that's just how it works for me. My hands start moving and things start happening. Um, but I also received um, downloads where I uh, created designs that also hold a frequency. So this sound healing by itself is very effective. The, the, what I now refer to as my transformational healing cards also holds a frequency and by itself is very effective. Utilizing them both together creates a very unique circuitry. And what's different is you do, I do not, nor do my clients have to go back in time. We don't well, have to find the limiting beliefs. Right. Either I receive downloads of statements of affirmations. I also have a system because I train practitioners to utilize my system as well. And, and to be able 
to create the the way you want your mind to be thinking, the way you want your mind to be living. So we create that in itself over here. It takes care of this over there. So it's easier and faster. And what I love is it takes people off the hook. They don't have to figure it out. They don't have to remember. So because of the energetics of the transformational system, the miraculous living method, it takes care of the undercurrent that's been interfering, creating mm-hmm. the mischief in, in, in you not getting mm-hmm. what you want, living what you want. And in my world, it also becomes important making your unique contribution as well. Right. So, so, uh, so let me just say back to you what I, I think I heard you say about this method, that it, it, it miraculously that removes those blocks without, you don't have to go to first cause. You don't have to figure out what, what caused the problem. So it sounds like a quantum uh, energy system that get you're, you're aligning with. So it can happen like that. Yeah. You know, because of what we now know of energy and frequencies, mm-hmm. um, for example, somebody that I really like, a lot that helped me start speaking what the heck was happening to me um, is uh, David Hawkins Mm -hmm. in his body of work called Power Versus Force. And he did a 30-year study literally testing levels of consciousness, um, translating that into emotions. And what I love about his body of work, in essence, is our higher level of frequency emotions such as love, such as happiness and joy. We'll just use those as examples. Overrides, melts away the lower level frequencies of anger, frustration, sadness, things like that. So when you're in the environment of love, let's let's just keep it simple. You yourself can be positively impacted if you share love, even just the intention of love with another person, or just, you know, I sit in my office and I just spread love. It, it can impact thousands and thousands of people. I have taught um, and spoken at youth conferences and schools, and I talk about bullies, and I teach kids that that these kids that you're calling bullies are really just people whose hearts have just been stomped on. And this is, this is their way that they've figured out how to cope. And, and so I teach kids that they can silently send love to those people and fill their love wells up. And I've seen it in action lots yeah. of times. And nobody has to know that you're being a good person by doing that. Nobody has to know. You don't have to talk about it, but just sending that high frequency of love transmutes everything. It's a, it's a alchemic energy that just changes. And when you become uh, aware of it, you can use it for a higher good. You know, I, I, and I totally, I'm with you. I, I, my practice over the last two years plus, 
my practice all my life has been about being love and sending love. And when, and I, uh, because of this whole pandemic and all the mishigash that's going on, um, I recognized that I had to raise my frequency of love. Um, and as I've been doing that in my body, um, different things around me are changing, right? Uh, some relationships are falling away because they can't handle that higher vibration. And I just send love. You know, instead, so I'm saying this out loud to anybody, if you're worried about someone or you're worried about the pandemic and, you know, the boogeyman's going to come and get you, if you're worried, send love, just send love because the, the vibration of love, like you just explained, Wendy, is so much higher. It will melt the fear. But if you're sending worry, oh my God, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried about my kid, my husband, my dog, whatever it is then all you're doing is multiplying that it, it keeps it keeps the individuals from receiving a higher frequency that can be beneficial for them and for yourself right 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 this is fabulous i love that you're doing this work so so let's talk a bit about your book and and what what called you to to write this at this point in time yeah well um this is my second book my first book was titled The Miracle That Is Your Life. And if you are interested in the backstory of even how I got into the being a voice for miracles, I'm happy to explain that. But last year, I was 69, rapidly approaching 70. And so the whole theme of It's Never Too Late was prevalent. You know, it was, it was right in front of me because there's still so much more I want to be experiencing and doing. And I'm relatively certain, I'm willing to be surprised, but I'm relatively certain I probably have fewer steps in front of me than behind me. And also because we were in the midst of the pandemic, I, I really felt that the timing of this message was even more relevant and important because so many lives were being impacted in, yeah. in a whole variety of ways. And I want people to know that no matter what your circumstances, whether it be your career, your health, your love life, just to name a few, if there's really something in your heart that you're wanting to experience, it's possible. Now, I st first started writing this book with the theme of it's never too late. However, I was talking to my best friend who happens to also be my publisher. And I was sharing with her, I, it just doesn't feel complete. I don't think it, that's going to end up being the title. And in her very loving way said, you know, you did write a book called The Miracle That Is Your Life. And you rebranded your business to the Miraculous Living Institute. Might you just want to include this in your book? And I'm going to be honest. I was like, oh, how did I get myself into this? And, and so if that was not enough that we were in the midst of a pandemic, my son also became very ill last year. Mm -hmm. And it was a very stressful time and of great concern. I, it, he, I'm cautiously optimistic. He seems to be doing pretty well. Um, 
but it was rough. So bottom line, my life was not feeling miraculous again. And here I'm feeling this pull, time to write this book. My first book, I wrote in a little under five weeks part-time. It just just popped right out of me. This book was not like that. It took a lot longer with a lot more effort, but it was probably my own therapy of digging deep to find that place within my own self of what's possible. Uh, Obviously, I was praying for a miracle because of my son, Adam. Um, And, you know, thank goodness we did get him the help that he needed and he has recovered really well. Um, That's very, excuse me. That's very good to hear. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And, um, and so the, I seem to put myself in these positions because I was probably, and am not probably alone where people are feeling impatient and frustrated and their lives are feeling very unmiraculous too. And so it, it was really a gift in many ways. It took me much longer to write the book. It just was harder because when I write, I, I write from my heart and my heart was really hurting. So, um, so it was a very special time. And I, I, my book got released um, in May of 2021, uh, which happened to be my 70th birthday week. And it just happened to work out that way. Thought it would have been released way before that, but nope. And and here we are talking about it today. So um, that's really what drove me uh, to write the book. I I actually loved to write. I I found this more difficult in all honesty, but One of the premises that I emphasize multiple times throughout the book is, first of all, it's never too late and never, ever, ever give up. Never give up. Sometimes we've got to shift. Yeah. And even when you're not feeling miraculous or empowered or because it ain't over until it's over, right? Right. So it's important to just keep moving on. And I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be blithe about that. But um, in my, in my personal experience, when I come up against my, my walls and don't feel all that, you know, I realize it's because there's a deeper learning that I'm being called into uh, within myself that, that then I can share. But sometimes it happens while you're in what you just described, the process of sharing the writing of the book. It sounds like Wendy was just uh, your your process for you to learn more Mm -hmm. and hear more. Yes. And, and it really, I mean, it was a gift, you know, it gave me something productive. Obviously I kept, I shouldn't say obviously, but I kept working with my existing clients. I did nothing to keep my business flowing. You know, I put almost all my attention on my son, understandably. Yes. And, and, um, and so this was a very healthy creative outlet for me um, because especially with COVID, you know, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't go to a gym. 
I mean, I'm blessed. I live in California, so I was able to at least get outside and walk, which is so healthy. Yes. And, um, and so it was a gift in many ways. And, you know, as I mentioned, I never thought I personally would be a voice for miracles. And, and I was actually kind of uncomfortable with it. We could even take the word kind of out because it was like, well, who the heck do you think you are that you're talking about creating miracles in your life? And what's interesting, and it even showed up in my first book because I worked with Robin uh, Simons of Crescendo Publishing, who I mentioned, who is my best friend. Um, and, and it was at a time where one of my clients, I had referred to her and they invited me to be in her strategy session. And Robin and I had known each other. We met because of a mastermind that we were, we were in a business mastermind together. That's how we originally met. But I had never seen her in action. And when she got done with my client, I went, I want you to do that for me. And so I had my book all organized and it was just a matter of writing it. And when we finished that strategy session, she looked at me, she said, well, what do you think the title's going to be? And this was a very intuitive moment where I felt pulled. I, we had um, post-its and, and all kinds of paper all over the place. Um, I felt I, my eye was on one of the notes and I ended up telling her the story that I'm about to tell you. And my father had passed away very suddenly at the age of 56 from a massive heart attack playing racquetball. Mm -hmm. And so that was a very sad and traumatic time for me. I really loved my dad a lot. And I was upset that he checked out so early. And, um, and so now go forward, I had had my son and I happened to have been raised Jewish. And even though I am not involved traditionally in that religion today, I probably still identify more culturally, but you, you give your child a Hebrew name. And a right. lot of times it's, it is also in honor of the deceased. And my father had passed away several months before that. And so I obviously wanted to honor him. My dad's Hebrew name was Nissen. Nissen translates to miracle. What? Oh my, I got chills all the way from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I'm not, so there's more. So meanwhile, my former husband's grandfather had also recently passed away. His name was Charles. And in Hebrew, that would be Chaim. And that translates to life. My son's Hebrew name is Nissan Chaim, which translates to the miracle of life. And oh I don't know if you have children, but I remember when I held my son for the very first time. First of all, everybody kept saying I was having a girl. Well, that obviously didn't happen. And, and even though I knew technically sort of, you know, how that happened, I, I just looked at him. And I'm like, how did this happen? You know, he, it truly felt miraculous, this gift of a new life. 
And, and so, um, as I, so I ended up titling my book, as I mentioned, I shifted the name of my business to the Miraculous Living Institute. And it allowed me, first of all, to honor my father. I feel that every day that I get to live um, past 56, obviously I've made it way past that. And my heart's really great in great health, um, honors him. It also honors my son, who I absolutely adore. You know, we did not have a a traditional life because he lived more full-time with his father. And we we went from one city to two states. And, um, and, And yet Adam, my son, was such a trooper, taught me more about unconditional love. It was like that bond just was solid throughout all that time. And he eventually did come and live with me his senior year in high school. I mean, we saw each other, <coughs> excuse me. And so, um, but at some point I realized, oh, I've been guided to be a voice for miracles. And that is how it got me to where I am. And so I, I, I'm able to embrace that more. It was not comfortable. And sometimes it still isn't. It's like, because I'm a very, even though I've worked with thousands and thousands of people, um, I'm a very humble person. And, you know, miracles feel big to me. And yet, you know, every moment is truly a miracle. Very early in my book, I have a quote from Albert Einstein. And he basically said, there are two ways to look at life. Either nothing is a miracle or everything is a miracle. And I choose that. You know, I mentioned uh, I, I have a good heart. A couple years ago, I had my heart checked again. And I had an, an echocardiogram, which mm-hmm. get lets you see literally your heart in action. And, and I mean, it was incredible. That little sucker just is working and going and it's like running a marathon 24 seven. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea to the extent of how hard you were working to keep us going. And, and I, I like sharing that because there's so much about life that is so tremendously miraculous if we just pay attention. And I also have the belief that miracles are trying to come to you. And if you just open up and allow the magic of life to do its thing, life gets to be pretty fun. I mean, you and I are talking right now. That's pretty miraculous. We're talking on this little thing called Zoom. Um, that is pretty miraculous. You're in your place in Ventura. I'm in mine in San Diego. My only regret is I didn't have enough foresight to get stock in Zoom. (laughs) It's like the place to meet people today. Yeah, absolutely. So this, so um, I I can, I agree with you and I hear you about feeling like it, miracles are huge. And, 
And it seems like also in your book, it, you're uh, calling people to see the smaller miracles to then build and expand their lives from, whether it's re, re uh, I want to say refurbishing, renewing your relationship with your spouse or creating a, a, a career that you always wanted, but maybe didn't go for. So this, this, the smaller miracles build on each other as we align more, this is my belief, Wendy, and I think it's in, it's, you've said it, as we align with a higher frequency, that vibration of love and joy and happiness. And, and if you're listening to this, if you're not feeling oh so happy, um, I just invite you to take a moment like Wendy learned and sit with yourself and find that place within yourself where you can find that one piece of you that is in alignment with love. One of the things I saw on your website is you have the words live, love, and lead. And I think that's really important, Wendy, because in the current um, paradigm we're in or exiting, uh, it isn't about leading for uh, wealth. It's about leading with love for the highest good of everyone on the planet. That's my belief. And that's also where miracles have opportunities to begin to bubble like champagne. Yeah, you know, I think um, what happened to many of us, certainly me in earlier in my career, we were leading and really going for success. And I'm saying, let's, let's flip this. Let's look at how you want to live. Let's look at how you're taking care of yourself and, and come from a place and cultivate more love for yourself and your life and the people that are in it. And then when you're filled up this way, you are able to lead much more effortlessly, much more productively, much more successfully. And that makes a huge, huge difference. So it's shifting a little bit of how we do things. And I think in some ways, this has been one of the gifts of our pandemic, that it's given most of us a forced time out to really look at what matters most. Um, I don't know about you, but boy, I sure miss hugging my friends or even oh, yeah. people, you know, people in my life, you know, we didn't travel for the longest time. And and so there, I'm always looking for what's the possible opportunity. So globally, I'm like, what's the opportunity? Because it doesn't look so great right in this moment. But also it's, it's what's the opportunity for you as a person? Are you in fact living a life of authenticity, of being truthful? of really doing good in the world in some way. It doesn't mean you leave your job, but maybe there's something you've always wanted to do that you can start at least nourishing, start doing a little bit, still keeping here. I'm not a believer in bungee jumping, even though I kind of sort of did that without, a, without my cord at the Dallas airport. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it's really time because authenticity is becoming critical. 
And, and being who you are, cultivating your unique gifts and talents is critical. And because it's time for you to make your unique mark. And maybe you already are, but this gives you an opportunity to really look at what more can you be doing. It was now a few years ago that one of the messages I received was, I need all my soldiers up and running. And if there was ever a more critical time, it's now. We are definitely at um, a crossroads where we need more love, more kindness, more compassion, and quite honestly, more support. You know, coming together as communities in whatever shape or form that might be. Yes, I, 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 this is what I talk about all the time on my show. It's about connection and collaboration and working in a circle where you get to face each other and, and come to resolution about certain things, not in divisiveness and not turning away from each other, but embracing each other energetically. And um, so Wendy, you are a darling, you are a darling. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now you may mention of, you have cards. So your website is when simple, right? Wendydarling.com. Can you go to the website to get your cards, your energy cards? Um, no, at this point, um, I just offer the cards when either somebody does what I refer to as a jumpstart session, mm -hmm. um, where, you know, it's just one session with me. I teach you the process. I do some healing work and you take it and run with it. You can get some of the cards through that. People that work with me get a few more of them. Um, okay. So yes, you can go to my website and there's um, an audio you can listen to. There's an assessment that can assess your RQ, your relationship quotient, kind of how you interface with others. Um, but it also will put you on my list and you'll be able to listen to my weekly interviews of miraculous moments where I interview people sharing their miraculous moments and how it's impacted their lives. And then you can get my book on uh, Amazon. Okay. And the book is called Create Your Miraculous Life. It's never too late. Wendy Darling, thanks so much for joining me today. I, I just am I'm uh, so blessed to have heard your story and I honor you and I send you love. Thank you. It is received. Thank you so much. So I'm just gonna end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time. <laughs>